The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to Jerome New Jack Young. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snow White. I'm Matt Copper. And I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros. What's going on? Oh, it's getting really hot. <laughs> it's getting hot in the bag right now. It's... That's uh, that's the thing about this city that a lot, if 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 you've never been here, we have really cold winters and very hot summers, and we just got the very hot summer aspect or part of it today and yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was outside for like three hours out of my shift yesterday and today. Oh. God damn! Wow. Uh. Well, because the capacity of the store I work at's only twenty four people, and when oh. everyone has to shop at once, it's like fuck. I'll be outside. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Holy jeez! Yeah, like, yeah. Why do we have to be outside? I'm like, it's mu- it's not minus forty. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll live. Yeah, it's plus thirty. <laughs> yeah. Get a bottle of water. That's right. Where is people? <laughs> Tomorrow it'll be. It's raining. Let me in. No. <laughs> you're you're definitely not made of sugar. You won't melt. Get the hell out. <laughs> Stop bitching. You're you're going to the back of the line. That's <laughs> it. This is why I don't deal with the public. I couldn't. I couldn't. I I would kill someone within a week, or or I would be fired. I just I just would not have any patience for anyone. I, you know what? I'm surprised I haven't been fired. Well, yeah, yeah, because like uh, some 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 Karen would fucking bitch and moan about something trivial, and I would be like, look, there are people in the world that haven't eaten in a week. You know. So I don't want to hear your image, your, your crap. Months ago, well, there's this lady. No, there was, this was before the masks rule thing. And people came in. The first group of people didn't hand sanitize. And then the second group of people came in. Those people didn't hand sanitize. You have to tell them. And I looked straight at them. And I was just like, I'm not, I'm not a fucking babysitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The look I got was hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't play that. Someone's not going to sanitize their hands, okay, whatever, but if you're going to try and walk in without a mask, good fucking luck, I'm not letting you in. Yeah, I hear you on that, definitely. Definitely. Just to give you guys the heads up, as we're doing this, I just walked in from a rather shitty day at work. Mm, Okay. The last (laughs) <laughs> the, the yes, the lemmies are flowing already, <laughs> and oh, I'm, I'm drinking a Voodoo Ranger right now. So <laughs> right on, but right on. But traditionally, like over on our sister show, Radioactive Metal, a pissed off Snowy makes for great radio. Okay, <laughs> okay, so well, <laughs> we'll keep that tradition going. So we're gonna get Snowy Cornet coming out today, uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> With some of the shit we're going to be talking about, okay, between oh. fucking deathmatch shit and fucking zombies, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not too fucking thrilled with Melanie Pillman either, okay? 
<laughs> so so strap in folks she's gonna be a long night <laughs> but how are you guys doing yes. uh, overall pretty well uh, <laughs> i got my first uh i got my first poke of the pfizer booked so oh, okay good which is two days before my birthday but my birthday is on a monday so you know what fuck it i probably can't have people over anyway <laughs> no no i hear you okay so when when is the big day then if it's as oh, we speak my my birthday yeah it's uh june 7th which is a monday it's uh my big three five yep ah okay okay because before we go any further i just wanted to let everyone know as well by the time they hear this your cool Uncle Snowy will have hit the big 5-0 as well. Oh, shit. That's even a bigger milestone. Holy yeah, shit. yeah. So, oh. Time to go to Spencer's and get those old man mugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Somebody will put, like, 50 flamingos or 50 cows out on your front lawn or something. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give the any local listeners any ideas, dudes. Come on. <laughs> it's funny. But apart from all that, I know we have... A lot of kick-ass stuff. Well, we have stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly how kick-ass it's going to be. Is, uh, uh, so is, Roman Reigns was kick-ass. Okay, okay. <laughs> so maybe before we get into all of that, we uh, we lost someone this just a couple just a couple days ago, as we speak. I guess um, it was kind of surprising, dude. Don't you let us know what's going on. I. Don't remember if I was at work or it might have been while out with you on the weekend helping friends move stuff. Right. But I was just, I was actually on the way home from there and I was just on Instagram and one of the stories from a wrestling page I follow said RIP New Jack. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this like a farce or something? Cause like, uh, it sound if you think about it, it was on, oh, what was it on? I can't remember who was talking about it. But someone said, oh, it would be like New Jack, be like, tell his wife to say that he died, and then make he'd make a bunch of money off shirts, and then a week later he'd be like, ha-ha, gotcha. <laughs> but no, he yeah, passed away from a heart attack at uh-huh. 58. Yeah, that's 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 too early, but it's 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 out of the blue. But when you really think about it, it really isn't that surprising. The guy kind of led a pretty hard life even before coming into into the wrestling world and basically cutting his own path. And from everyone who watched the dark side of the ring on New Jack last year. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But we got a lot of dark side to talk about. So what we should maybe do is kind of pencil in like a special New Jack episode, because I know we followed him almost like I guess we all kind of discovered him in the ECW days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of know his name for all the wrong reasons. But uh... right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, our condolences. Go out to uh, to his family and friends. That is too bad. So maybe we'll jump right in. Um, I guess we have to fucking do this. 
Yeah, the WWE had, I don't know, some sort of event. What's going on there? Yeah, they had their pay-per-view this year. It was, uh, I don't know who the fuck named this thing. Okay, it was Vince, but still, it seemed like (laughs) it was, was, yeah, it's just like they just pushed the names of two pay-per-views together and expected it to be something special. But hey, you know what? It wasn't. So It was a better name than the greatest wrestling match of all time. Backlash, yeah, okay. (laughs) But still, WrestleMania backlash, just extending that a little bit further past WrestleMania season. I'm surprised next next month we aren't getting WrestleMania Hell in a Cell or WrestleMania (laughs) Three Rules. WrestleMania Money in the Bank. Yeah, WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yeah. Yeah. Rumble. Wrestle Rumble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. Don't yeah, don't give Vince any ideas. Hey, you know. Wrestle Rumble would be a way better name than WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah, true. And it's a, still a better name than Great Balls of Fire. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, like well, the worst one has to be Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, well, did you you all know what WrestleMania was originally gonna be called before they settled on WrestleMania, right? Uh no, and I feel like I should. The colossal tussle. Uh, I'm, not yeah. even, I'm not even joking. Oh, God. Oh, God. We'd be on the Colossal Tussle 37. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh. We'd be talking about that now being like, do you want to know how stupid the name was before the Colossal Tussle? WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll take WrestleMania. Yeah. Go over that. Better. So, okay, I'm assuming at least one of you guys watched this, eh? Yeah, even though I've abandoned watching the main roster product as a whole, I still tuned into Backlash just for the... Sh- well, because the, the t- our title was on the line, so I had to know. Okay. Or my title was on the line, but, well, we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, so <laughs> what what happened? Share with me. All right. Well, uh, in the pre-show, there was an unannounced match. It was between uh, Ricochet and Sheamus. This was actually pretty good. There was a lot of flippy shit going on. And if I do say so myself, for a guy in his like early to mid forties, Sheamus is probably putting in the best in-ring work of his entire career right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like it. It seems like it was the same with like Dustin Rhodes. Like I don't know. It's something about these guys when they know they're about to. Maybe when they know they're about to pack it in. Like soon enough, they're just like, well, better go hard. <laughs> but either way, uh, this match was pretty good. Uh, not really that much to state, but Ricochet ended up stealing Seamus's hat. So there's that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that as, far, as far as I know, he actually went on Raw last night and stole his jacket and started doing an Irish impression or Irish accent and called himself Rick O'Shea. I didn't watch the top 10 yet, so when I do, I'm going to fucking laugh when I see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that happened. But anyway, uh, kicking off the show proper was the Raw Women's Championship match, uh, Triple Threat. Uh, Rhea Ripley defending against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. I was kind of uh, surprised and a little bit insulted that this would open the show. Uh Several, several, or a couple matches, I thought, that should have opened this show, not a championship match, but well, here we are. Apparently the actual order of the matches changed a couple of times, even up till like the 
like just hours before the show went live. It wasn't so, surprising if it was five minutes before the show, and then Vince was like, "Oh fuck, this one's first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're already halfway out the curtain. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I think we should go with the other one. <laughs> yeah. Well, never Rio, get your ass back here. <laughs> yeah. You're on second. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, uh, all three make their way to the ring. Uh, Flair and Ripley square off early before Oscar and was uh, able to give the champion the assist in trying to eliminate Flair from the equation. Uh, Flair came right back to take Ripley down after some chaos outside the ring. Uh, Flair then got a bit too frisky with Oscar, uh, eating a flurry of strikes before. Uh, Locked in a deep arm bar. Ripley got right back in the mix, using strikes to go on a nice run and put both challengers on the defensive. Uh, it was then Oscar's turn for the offensive run, uh, drilling Ripley and Flair with kicks in the moment, uh, as the momentum passed from one woman to the other. Uh, a Flair moonsault on the outside on both Oscar and Ripley was met by the two teaming with a hot double superplex on Flair. Flair uh, went to hit the natural selection on both Oscar and Ripley simultaneously, trying to pin both of them. Uh, but having to settle for a near fall. Uh, Ripley tried to hit Oscar with a riptide. Uh, Oscar countered into uh, the Oscar lock attempt. Moments later, Ripley did manage to hit Oscar with riptide and retain her championship in a pretty good, fast-paced opener. So I would actually give that match as it was a horns up, even though it, I think it deserved to be higher up on the card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were watching that show. I messaged you, and I was like, if fucking Charlotte wins... I'm done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. And then I would have went downstairs and then it asked my grandma, I would have been like, I, I said it upstairs. I'm like, if Charlotte fucking wins this match, let me know when Roman Sorrow <laughs> is and I'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, nevertheless, like I said, it was, it ended up being a pretty good match. And I thought, I thought after that simultaneous natural selection that they were going to give Flair the win. And I was actually sitting there going, even though she was my pick, I was mm-hmm. just kind of sitting there just going, no, 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 no. not like this but uh yeah Rhea Rhea gets the win retains her title which uh my heart says thank god because Mm -hmm. I really have a long reign and uh but yeah it's one point for Ducky he 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 breaks the breaks the leaderboard on this one so okay Uh, yeah next match was uh for the Smackdown tag team titles it was uh Dolph Ziggler and uh Robert Rude aka the Dirty yeah, Ru- Rudolph, a.k.a. the Dirty Dogs. Dirty Dogs, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> they, I'm pretty sure the only reason they're not called Rudolph is because Vince doesn't even know. Uh, yeah, it didn't occur to him. Because but... if it did, yeah. they'd be called Rudolph, and I would buy one of those fucking shirts. R- Rudolph? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph the SmackDown Tag Champs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. They okay, were ch- you're cut off. They were champions. <laughs> around that. They could have done something like that. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were champions around this time. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, missed opportunity. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they were defending their titles against the father-son team of Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Rude and Ziggler attacked uh, Dominic backstage during the kickoff show. And before the match, Rey and Dominic were in the trainer's room. And Dominic was uh, unable to compete in the match. So Ray kind of just, it kind of just felt abrupt to like how he just kind of ditched Dominic in the trainer's room. He's like, well, I gotta go son. And just like took off. I was like, what, what? <laughs> You're just going to leave him there. But <laughs> like, the stupid, like he walked in, he's like, are you winning son? 
Yeah. <laughs> Walked out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, this kind of left Ray to get uh, dominated for most of the match, but he wouldn't stay down even though he got hit with a bunch of big moves and, like, a lot of their finishers, but he just kept mm-hmm. on... Uh, like he he would like come back with like brief flashes, but then the numbers game would get to him. And uh, uh, Rudin Ziegler were focusing more on his uh, left leg, trying to ground the ground him because of his uh, offense is mostly high flyer. And uh, Rudin Ziegler's dominance continued uh, with an assisted fam- uh, Famouser, and then Rude throwing Mysterio from the ring into a Ziegler super kick outside the ring. Uh, Mysterio managed to beat the ten count uh, before being counted out. And hit both men with a double DDT before going on a run of offense. And then, as you probably guessed, Dominic made his way to the ring uh, in the final stretch, holding his holding his ribs the entire time. Uh, climbed onto the ring apron to cheer his dad. Mysterio uh, kicked out of a zigzag, which I actually thought was going to be the end of the match because Dominic didn't even run in because he was injured. Uh, Ray hits the top rope uh, bulldog. Uh, hesitates to tag in Dominic, but Dominic took the uh, initiative to tag himself in against his father's wishes. Uh, things did not work out well for Dominic as he was uh, on the receiving end of a beating leg, uh, being laid out by Ziggler with a super kick. Uh, makes the hot tag back to his dad. Ray hits Rude with a 619 and then makes the tag to Dominic again, who finishes things off with a frog splash and gets the pin and the win. So Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio are the first ever. Father son duo to hold the tag team titles. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, In WWE. I, well, yeah, okay. But you know, you know, did won the tag titles at an indie promotion like last week. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, you know, WWE, they love themselves a case of the first time. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I, the whole time here, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Some of the, you know, who's. Did did Dusty and Dustin? No, no, no. Did you know? Did Fritz and and Kevin or David win the world class tag team titles together? I don't think so. You know, so they might have a case for the father son. Our listeners, if I'm wrong, you know, our listeners will send me all sorts of messages and say, "Yeah, I saw you fucked up. Remember this guy and his son won it." Yeah, you know, for like majorly. Yeah, 1967. Mm. You know, like <laughs> so, so be be merciful. But but congratulations to the Mysterios. I was just kind of like, I guess they're giving Dominic a push. Like this is yeah. Well, I mean, considering last year's first ever match with the company was against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. <laughs> that seemed yeah. like a pretty big push right out the gate. Right out the gate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess I guess the kid's legit, and they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so the pay-per-view was off to a pretty good start, and here's where things got stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, the drink. Yeah. <laughs> up next was the uh, the lumberjack match between the Miz and Damian Priest. Before the match, John Morrison goes to the locker room where the lumberjacks were waiting. Okay. When opens the door, he finds out that the Lumberjacks are, honest to God, fucking zombies. Like, (sighs) Romero, walk dead, like, limping along, horde of zombies in a locker room. Uh, 
oh, first okay. zombie, actually, the first one that walked out of that walk room, the, the one with, like, the reddish hair, mm-hmm. that was indie wrestler who's now signed to NXT, Joe Gacy. Oh, really? Oh, uh, fuck. Former, Joe Gacy, former, really? Former, Z, former CZW champion. Okay. Well, All right. Good. Okay, I just thought because I only saw a picture on the Facebooks about um, where they showed a picture of the zombies in the ring and all that, and I thought, okay, it's like an Undertaker thing where the lights will go out or a fiend thing or whatever. The lights will go out, and then someone will find themselves surrounded by zombies, you know, because we have TV writers instead mm-hmm. of wrestling bookers these these days. But really, like. They surrounded the ring with zombies. Yeah, and it was it it was like a crossover marketing for that Netflix movie coming out that has Batista called Army of the Dead. And like to be honest, I'm surprised that Peacock let them plug a Netflix movie so heavily on their product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was the biggest surprise <laughs> of the night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that. Basically, the whole match was overtaken by this advertisement for this movie that's uh, coming on Netflix this Friday. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I'm still gonna watch the movie because I'm. Oh hell movie. yeah! <laughs> I love the whole, like <laughs> trailer. My thing. Yeah. Trailer. <laughs> yeah, like the trailer makes it look pretty good. So I'm I'm a fan of the zombie movie genre, and yeah, like usually shit like this would deter me from checking it out, but. Yeah, whatever. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I it's not going to cost anything. Really. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not, not not any more than I'm already spending. So right, right. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't go to the theater to see it. <laughs> right, probably well, not. Pay fourteen dollars for one movie when you can pay fourteen dollars a month for Netflix. Yeah, for every movie. <laughs> for <all laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like the. It was kind of a shame, too, because I was really looking forward to this match. Like, I really wanted Damian Priest to break out of that, uh, that that corner he's been kind of put in with the whole Bad Bunny thing. Right. So he's, like, they, they, they stick him with Bad Bunny, and now they got him fucking stuck with this zombie shit going on. And I was just like, man, is this guy ever going to, like, move past this shit on the main <laughs> roster? And, like, uh-huh. hopefully, hopefully now that this is over with, he will. But, uh, yeah, uh, the zombies, they, they were, they surrounded the ring and like the, the screens on the, in the Thunderdome were all taken over by like images of like burning buildings. So they tried to create the aesthetic of an apocalypse, which I give them props for, but it would like, look the fact- video game, mm-hmm. but, uh, or on like, show. yeah, well, like when the zombies started to surround the ring after Miz and Morrison came out. The commentators took off, and then, yeah, the zombies were surrounding the ring, adhering to the rules of not getting into the ring. But, you know, like, oh, also, yeah, the commentators run off for safety, but the cameramen, they're perfectly fine, you know. They're good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Logic, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the match was kind of back and forth for a little bit. Um, Morrison attempted to interfere, but was pulled away by the zombies. He was kind of doing some parkour moves uh flipping off the barricades and off the steps into the zombies which honestly was the highlight of the entire match as far as wrestling quality goes mm-hmm. uh yeah he was eventually pulled off the barricade out of sight uh 
Yeah, Damian Priest hits the hit the lights finishing move on Miz for the win. And then after the bell rang, the zombies all somehow simultaneously found out how to get into the ring and started to eat the Miz, I guess. <laughs> but so like that meme I sent you, it's like WWE commentators after zombies eat the Miz and Mars said, Oh no. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh yeah, unfortunately during this match, Miz did suffer a tear to his ACL, which is gonna keep was his first legitimate wrestling injury since he started wrestling uh, in 2006 so that's actually a pretty big stretch to go without and the only thing he's had before that he's had like what three concussions yeah a concussion here and there but that's not long term uh, no. being on the show like you're out like what two weeks to a month yeah an acl tear that could keep him out for like seven eight months close to a year so uh, yeah i just hope he has a speedy recovery because like he's he's a really hard worker and he he does his job really well, but yeah. Um, now he'll be able to spend a lot more time with his wife and kids. So yeah, right, right. Carson's gonna go. Hey, oh, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, now maybe John Morrison can move on to a singles run, and they can actually like make him like a little more serious again, like the mm-hmm. like the Johnny Mundo character from uh, from Lucha Underground. Okay, but his wife is coming in, right? Where is Ty Valkyrie going? Oh, she's in. No, she's already in NXT. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she's. Uh, her name is Frankie Monet. Right, 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 right. And the the big question is, was Miz bitten? Uh, they didn't really cover that. Because, but because never mind the ACL. If one of the zombies bit him, no, well, they they all they all surrounded him uh, in the oh. way. You can only assume that he was being bitten, but I guess they're just going to bring him back after he recovers from his ACL tear, and they're going to be like, hey, he's fine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like, yeah. I'm trying to be a smartass here, but I-, I am a big fan of the Romero films as well, and I'm like, okay, I know what happens when zombies surround a guy. He gets torn a- torn in half. Yep. Like, like yeah, Rhodes did. Not Dusty, but... <laughs> his abdomen gets torn open and the, the guts right. get out and yeah, or if it's uh if it's Day of the Dead, his head gets ripped off and his vocal cords stretch and makes his voice really high pitched. <laughs> right. Right. So if Vince really wanted to impress me, he should have hired Savini, Tom Savini, and and really go all out. Cause I can see the WWF doing that. Where yeah. they would show like the Miz get literally ripped ripped in half, and then six months from now he's just back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, he's back from his injury! Yay, yeah. Miz! There's something, there's something different about him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just like, paint it on scars. Yeah. No. Uh, to his work happens. Uh, to the company's credit, though, the zombie makeup did look really good. It did, yeah. Uh, it looked pretty convincing. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> the zombies look good. <laughs> yeah, was like, convi- was convincing supposed to be a pun there? Yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> con and Vince go together. Con, very- con and Vince, yes. <laughs> huh? but, Vince uh, has been conning me for too many fucking decades now. <laughs> but uh, what, oh, like, as the zombies were coming out and surrounding the ring, I was like saying to myself, like, okay. Ray Wyatt or Alexa Bliss 
better be doing something here or I'm going to be very upset. Right? <laughs> if, they're not, if they're not somehow involved in this, then this is horseshit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. After they ate the Miz, Michael Cole's just like, why does Batista have to send all his damn friends or some shit? <laughs> Tell Batista not to stop to stop sending his friends. Like, oh, god damn it. Uh, That's another uh, thing. Everyone watched Army of the Dead. Vintage zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have left, so left the room right there if he would have went, vintage zombies. I would have been like, yeah. fuck off, I'm done. <laughs> Thankfully, this was a raw match, and Mike Cole wasn't commentating. So, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least there's that. But yeah, let's uh, let's just move past this. Uh, overall, got to give it a horn down for yeah. this match. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, back to you something. give this the finger. Never yeah. mind the horns down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. Back to some actual wrestling. Got uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair in her first title defense since winning at uh, WrestleMania against uh, Bailey. So uh, Bailey had some early struggles in the match dealing with the, the strength and speed of Belair. Bailey tried to take a shortcut by grabbing Belair's hair, but Belair, Belair nearly used uh, the braid to whip the challenger. Uh, as things continued to snowball, Bailey eventually uh, had to slide out of the ring and try to slow down Belair's momentum. Uh, even that did not work as uh, Belair followed her uh, around ringside, hit a shoulder tackle, and threw Bailey back in the ring before hitting a moonsault for a near fall. Bailey finally was able to slow Belair down using a rear chin lock to try and ground Belair uh, and take the match to an area where the two were somewhat on even footing. Uh, with the action again going to the outside, Bailey finally found significant success dropping Belair on the ring steps and suplexing her onto the ground. Uh, to set up a two count. Uh, Bailey kept up the pressure, alternating between attacking and taunting the, the quote-unquote rookie. Uh, this only served uh, for, to fire Belair up, and the momentum began to swing in her favor uh, before Bailey amped up the heel tactics again, trying pins with her feet on the ropes, and then uh, clung the champion's eyes. Bailey followed up uh, by using Belair's braid as a ripcord to pull her into a Bailey to belly for a near fall which actually looked pretty cool. Uh, the finish came uh, with, an, with an awkward sequence where uh, Belair uh, wrapped her braid around Bailey's leg to aid with the pin. Unfortunately, Belair, Belair lost her grip on the hair, and the pin didn't look as good as it could have, but still yeah. a match. And the two women are still very talented. Like, mm-hmm. Take away from them. But yeah, if it wasn't for that one little slip-up with the finish, this would have been an A-plus match, I think. Right on. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. So got, uh, up next, we had the WWE Championship match with Bobby Lashley defending against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. So uh, Braun Strowman uh, went on both opponents immediately, leading McIntyre and Lashley to form a brief alliance to try and shut the biggest man in the match down, even working together to suplex him. Uh, that alliance would not last long before Lashley and McIntyre began to brawl, leading to Strowman hitting the dive off the ring apron onto both men. Uh, I will say that Braun Strowman does not have a whole lot of finesse when it comes to high-flying moves. <laughs> landed on his fucking head. Yeah, he, he, there was a couple scary parts here where Braun Strowman looked like he could have legitimately 
hurt himself. And this doesn't sound bad, but he fucking big eat it when he spear people and land on his head. Oh yeah, like it was. It's it, it was pretty scary. Like it was like he, he had all the finesse of a rhinoceros running off a cliff. You know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a tra- so. going tracks. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. At least they don't use that stupid train effect anymore. Thank God. Oh, sound effect. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that didn't uh, didn't make it into a weekly thing because that was just that, that was too. Much. That was. Anyway. <laughs> uh, after he dove onto both men, Strowman would take advantage uh, for the lack of disqualifications in a triple threat match to take out Lashley using the ring steps. Uh, McIntyre and Lashley eventually battled uh, up the entrance ramp before McIntyre threw Lashley through the LED boards on the stage, uh, taking him out of the match. So Strowman and McIntyre battled back in the ring where McIntyre hit Strowman with a massive Michinoku driver, which actually looked pretty wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. Given the given the size of both of these guys, especially mm-hmm. the move, like, yeah, for Drew to hit Braun with a Michinoku driver and have it look as good as it did, that that actually made me pop. Like I was like, no doubt. Yeah. I would have too. Yeah. Like that's like when it comes to big Hoss guys doing big Hoss guy things, that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, uh, he hits the Mishinoku driver for a near fall and possibly, yeah, as I said, the most impressive feat of the strength in the entire match. Uh, McIntyre tried to hit a claymore outside of the ring, but was caught by Strowman who delivered a power bomb through the announce table. And then back in the ring, McIntyre hit Strowman with the Claymore, but before he could capitalize, Lashley ran back into the match, threw McIntyre from the ring, hit Strowman with a spear to score the pin and the win. For As I said, like I'm not really big into these uh, Hoss fights because I kind of find them to be a bit boring, but this one actually delivered. I was uh, I was sports entertained. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> On yeah. the show when they were talking about, oh, did they reinforce the ring for this? All that went through my head is not another fucking ring breaks oh yeah don't do that that's i'm done with that yeah like when 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 uh lesnar and big show did it like 20 years ago it was cool but then they had to do it with every big guy Mm -hmm. with mark and big show the second time that was fine and that's the only time they should have ever redone it oh with mark henry and big show Yeah. yeah then they did it with Strowman and big show they did it with Strowman and uh bray wyatt and bray wyatt even that big like comparatively but i don't know yeah and then <laughs> sorry sorry i just had the the vision of the mulkneys breaking the ring the yes oh oh sorry the the mulkneys were these really skinny tv jobber guys these these okay. brothers that got the shit beaten out of them every week they were they were the ultimate jobbers back then and when you're talking about these guys destroying the ring and all that, I just kind of pictured the Mulkneys do, doing a number on the ring. Sorry, our older listeners will, so it's, will, so will it's get that reference. Done. That's right. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, yeah, this match, yeah, again, better than I, way better than I expected. Uh, yeah, for a big, ho- like, it was just, yeah, big, big Hoss guys doing all the big spots in one match. People going through stuff, people jumping off stuff that they shouldn't be. Like, yeah, I was, as I said before, I was sports entertained. Right on. Now, 
And now we get to our main event. Dun, dun, dun. There it is. Easily <laughs> match of the night. Easy. Yep. It was, uh, both world title matches were great, but they were both great for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a universal title match. Roman Reigns defending against Cesaro. This, by the way, is Cesaro's first, not, not only his first ever world title match, first ever pay-per-view uh, headliner, too. So Yeah, I guess so, eh? Mm-hmm. So big things for Cesaro. Uh, yeah, uh, Going on earlier in the night, uh, Reigns had issues uh, throughout the show with both his uh, the Uso cousins uh, taking issue with Jay as Jay continued to have his back despite Jimmy's plea to uh, that he step out of Roman's shadow. Uh, but yeah, so Roman tells Jay to stay in the back because he's just pissed off at him, you know, head of the table stuff. And uh, yeah, early on in the match... Um, Cesaro frustrated Reigns early with some slick wrestling moves, scoring multiple early pinfall attempts before Reigns finally bailed from the ring to uh, retreat to Paul Heyman and regroup. Uh-huh. Reigns tried to Reigns tried to fire up, but was met with a European uppercut and then was nearly uh, put out or put into the Cesaro swing. After throwing Cesaro from the ring and damaging the challenger's arm, Reigns went on a run of dominance, but seemed to put it seemed to put uh, doubt in Cesaro's mind. Cesaro eventually fired back with a series of uppercuts and a big boot for a near fall uh, before starting to soften up Reigns' leg and locking in the sharpshooter, which Reigns escaped quickly by grabbing the ropes. Cesaro kept up the pressure uh, with a big dive and a flurry of offense before a crossbody off the top rope uh, for a near fall. Uh, Reigns tried to continue going on Cesaro's bad arm with the challenger trying to desperately fight back as Reigns kept up the pressure. Despite the bad arm, Cesaro began to unload with clotheslines, uppercuts, and putting reins on his back or back on the defensive before hitting a huge superplex for another near fall. Cesaro's injured arm gave out uh, on a neutralizer attempt, and an attempt with a springboard uppercut was met by a Superman punch uh, from from reins for another near fall. A spear attempt was met by an uppercut, but a, uh, an attempt at the pop-up uppercut was... Uh, to follow failed when Cesaro's arm gave out yet again. Uh, Reigns locked in the guillotine choke, but Cesaro countered with a slam and locked in the sharpshooter again, which he transitioned into a crossface when Roman managed to escape uh, before a powerbomb. Reigns again locked in the guillotine, and Cesaro nearly slammed his way out again but got pulled right back in. Cesaro continued to fight, but was eventually choked out cold, and uh, yeah... The referee called it. He didn't tap out. He passed out. Yet he... So, big roller coaster of a match. Again, an amazing world title match for uh, the opposite reasons of the WWE Championship match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after the match was done, Jey Uso ran down to the ring with uh, with that uh, lay that he puts over Roman's neck. And then Jey, Jey Uso goes on the offense of, the, of a wounded Cesaro. And when he goes for a splash, all of a sudden Seth Rollins' music hits and Seth makes his way out to the ring to join in on the beatdown on Cesaro. And that's where the show ended, was with Cesaro or Cesaro being beat down by Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, uh-huh. Seth Rollins uh, uh, was doing, did his little nasally laugh that he likes to do. That. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, I'm pretty sure he screamed in Cesaro's face like, do you know who I am? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the, sorry, the, not Bully Ray. Sorry, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so the Seth Rollins Cesaro feud that was taking place before this uh, this uh, title match uh, all came about it seems to be continuing now after after this. So it was a really weird way to close out the show. But I guess this match was probably supposed to go on second to last initially. Right. Because, yeah, like the weird way to close out a pay-per-view with like a TV angle of someone being beat down. Right. Yeah, that's how Raw's end. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, at least it wasn't a DQ finish. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I also didn't mention Roman won it clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no help from uh, Jey Uso this time. So, yeah, Roman actually beat Cesaro clean as a sheet. It was... Right on. Well, that's yeah. what you need. You need... is Yeah, the guy can be a heel all, all he wants and all that, but you do have to have some clean wins or else, you know, his matches aren't going to mean anything. Yeah, exactly. So he's got to remain dominant somehow. Right on, right on. So what do you guys say? For WrestleMania backlash, is it horns up, horns down, horns in the middle? Can it fuck right off? Were it not for the zombie thing, I would have given it a horns up because of the zombie thing, I'm giving it a horns in the middle. Yeah, me too. Okay. (laughs) And because of this, I'm going to be the bigger man here. The (laughs) final score, I'm not sure, I can't remember what the final score ended up being, but your new WNIC champion... Dustin Maruka. Oh, 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 hey! <laughs> yes, yes, finally, dude. Finally. <laughs> it took, although, I guess maybe it took Matt and I just enough to say, like, okay, we're done with the WWF. Okay, like, this, yeah. this is it. Where, where's, so it, it took that for you to finally win one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but congratulations. That's great. Long may you reign until next card when I take my title back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. For your first, your first defense is on May 30th. So get ready. Okay, what's that? Oh, that's uh, EW double or nothing. Double or nothing. Okay, so. Watch that, but I'm going to try. Yeah. We're, hopefully, we can if, actually. If restrictions lift, yes, Matt, I'm coming to your place. Okay, okay. Yeah, and if things work out on my end, I'm going to try to get there uh, as well. All right. That. I'm itching to get some sort of semblance of a social life back. Oh, for sure. When, when yeah. is your second uh, second job scheduled for? I, have, I haven't quite heard yet. I haven't heard, but it's been, it's been a while now since the first one. Okay. It's been about three weeks, so we're anticipating... You know, sometime within the next couple of weeks to hear to hear something. Well, I've I've been hearing from a lot of people uh, that the the second shot is the one that really knocks you on your ass for a couple of days. Okay. Yeah, like actually, actually, I ran into Corey Thomas at Superstore yesterday. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and he he told me that he was talking. He talked to Matt Harvey from Exhumed, and Matt Harvey got his second shot already, and he said, yeah. He was the second shot is where you get like the fever, the chills, the the aches a little bit, but then it just goes away pretty much after a couple of days. So oh, you wake okay. up. So okay, yeah, and I with the first one, someone in my family, she uh, 
she got the fever overnight and the chills and all that, but woke up the next day fine. Like, was, what you know, happened with Erica after her first one? She couldn't move her arm for a day. Oh, really? Right. But right. that was it. Like, no yeah, well, stick, no that. Just, just the sore arm. Well, uh, and just, just, just for the record, Mr. Corey Thomas is a local uh, Winnipeg music promoter that we volunteer with and all that. Yep. And He's Erica is a good friend of ours as well. So, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, soon we can uh, get back to some semblance of not... I don't, I, I, I don't ever want my sanity back because I, <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy my insanity, but yeah. for all the right reasons and in all, in, all, in all the right places. Right, and you don't want to say semblance of normalcy because normalcy is boring. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Ah, so, anyways, going from one crazy thing to another, um, the dark side of the ring. Um, new season is off and running, and our quick chat about dark side will kind of ease its way into tonight's turnbuckle talk, which will be all about Mr. Brian Pillman, which we chose him as a subject because the first two episodes of The Dark Side of the Ring have made their way out. And I imagine we have all caught them and have mentally digested them and all that. Um, What was your guys' opinion with the whole Brian Pillman story? Oh, well, it was pretty much what you expect from a show called dark side of the ring. Like it really highlighted like all the darkest moments of his life, but really like what he was like behind the scenes and like, yeah, it was, it's a tragic story as you, as you, as you knew going into it, but you really didn't know how tragic after you learn like what happened after he passed away with his kids and his, and his widow and mm-hmm. like, all the stuff, like his, his car accidents, like it was just, all very uh very heartbreaking to say the least it was it was really tough because there 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 was some stuff that okay because it, it had happened so long ago and kayfabe was still kind of going on like you really had to be a dirt sheet guy to really uh like because it it, it, it wasn't like it is now where no all of this information is right at your fingertips I guess you could say that Brian Pillman was uh, kind of the proverbial stone that chipped the windshield that is kayfabe. Oh, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. That was one of the things that I was going to say about this episode is like the, or just Brian Pillman in general, it was his, because he had passed away, you know, due to his, uh, his, his doing the pills and all that. Mm Mm-hmm. This was the first incident where pills, you know, pilling and all that actually came to the forefront of my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, like, okay, like all throughout the 80s and all that, I knew, yeah, there's lots of wrestlers doing steroids. And, of course, it's the 80s, so a lot of them were doing cocaine, no doubt. I'm sure, you know, there you heard so many stories, okay, about... Here, even here in Winnipeg, the wrestlers meeting in the bar down the road from the arena and all that, buying rounds and partying with fans and, you know, basically living the rock and roll life. 
but I that's all stuff that you were to kind of expect. Right. Yeah, that that stuff wasn't surprising. The whole oxycotton or whatever all these pills are, I don't even bother trying to memorize what they are because they're all just shit to me. Yeah. Okay. Like I've got no interest in knowing too much about it. Why all I know is like that was when that first got my attention was with the Pillman incident and it's like it's like wow there's some stuff going on behind the scenes in pro wrestling that i don't know if i want to know you know so that was definitely something that i that i took out of these um as well okay like i knew that pillman's widow was melanie okay Mm -hmm. and that she was a stripper or something or whatever. Penthouse yeah, cat, I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an old story. Like you hear lots about wrestlers hooking up with strippers and even getting, you know, into relationships with them and and all of that. So that that really was what wasn't surprising. I didn't know about Pillman's previous life with his first girlfriend when he was younger i guess i don't know if it was his first or whatever but the for the what 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 was his first wife's name uh rochelle yeah yeah i didn't even know that she existed and there was kids out of that out of that marriage oh there was like yeah three different uh, all three of his kids were were with three different women right right and all i really knew of was melanie because once again she's the one that got the attention outside of the dirt sheets and all that because i wasn't sub- subscribing to and to to any of those and when the story came out of just like i'm sure she had her issues and 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 everything and she has her her side of the story but it just makes me go what a bitch yeah <laughs> like back then like the problems that pillman's kids had like with her trying to take custody you know from their bio mother and all that it was just as a parent i was sickened i was just sickened yeah. by that well what, but, what was it that when rochelle walked up to uh walked up to their house and uh their daughter her daughter that she had with uh brian uh, uh Brittany, i believe her name was mm-hmm was just like playing in the front yard and they ran up or runs up to her mother and then starts hugging her and Brian and Melanie think that she's trying to kidnap her and all that stuff. And yeah. And then uh, the line that really got me in this whole episode was when they, they Melanie had said to Rochelle that your mother said that I would be a better mother to your child than you ever could be. And I was like, wow. Wow. What goes through your head that makes you even like, say that to another person yeah even even if it's true you know like what like why you know and where i'm sorry where was sorry that ended up being not the case whatsoever like right (laughs) right right and where was pillman to say like okay i'm no longer with rochelle i'm with you but we can't be doing this You know, like, I, I don't have an ex and I never will. And I just, it, it's just, I've been very blessed with, with Mrs. Snowy. And I say that every day, but it's just, I just, I can't understand how 
you could do that to someone that you got naked and nasty with and reproduced with and, and it's, it's just, it's, yeah yeah it just it blows my mind the way people have you know relationships or non-relationships with their exes you know and yeah. when it comes to children you have you got to put your shit aside yeah like in my opinion like you should if you have a kid with someone who you're no longer with you should regardless of your personal feelings towards them you should never talk ill about them in front of your child oh of course not mhm yeah. mhm it's i don't know you know what i was just the new episode of Radioactive Metal, which should be dropping soon. I had made reference since Mrs. Snowy and I, we've been together so long. I should be doing a relationship advice program <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever, because right? I think I'm qualified. <laughs> so I'm just, just, just going to drop that right here, right now. Got to marry your high school sweetheart. That's right. That's right. And make it work. Yeah. Okay, that's not fair for Flair. And all you'll hear is. Ah! <laughs> that's, right. that's not fair. That's not fair for Flair. Yeah. What about you, dude? You've been kind of quiet over there. What was your reactions with the, the whole Pillman episodes? The first episode of the Brian Pillman. You haven't watched part two? No, I haven't yet. I oh. haven't been able to find it. Well, it's, it's up there. They, they're both on the YouTubes. Yeah, there, there's actually one uh, that has both of them just uh, stuck together. Okay. Yeah, it's I like know an hour, hour and 18 minutes. You can buy the episodes for like three bucks each. Oh, yeah, from Vice's YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all like good quality and they don't like have weird cuts on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I should YouTube do that with like the second Pillman one too because I did that with the Nick Gage one. Okay. Well, yeah, I would heavily recommend checking it out just for for historical purposes for purposes if nothing else but yeah get yeah. ready to feel very sad it is it, it was it, it was tough it was tough because i you know this was a person like okay it's just from a from a fan perspective okay like i never knew the guy personally i never met him or anything it's just it it, it was tough because i followed this guy right from his rookie year from the stampede days mm -hmm. and, and all that. So yeah, it was really tough just, just, just to see how, how tragic this story is, not just with him, but everyone that was around him, you know, you know, and who, and they, the, definitely the hero out of all this. Okay. Was Pillman's sister. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, like, oh my God! Like, do you not worship the the ground this woman walks on now? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like she, holy jeez! Like, just the fact that she tries to get all three kids together, even though, like, yeah, I know they're all half siblings, and it's easy to drift apart, especially when like all the parents involved are no longer with us. But the fact that she makes the effort to bring all three kids together regularly, to, just so they don't lose touch, is right. like really important yes yeah she's the martyr that held that that literally that glued that family together after everything went down oh yeah 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 that was or, um, matriarch sorry not martyr i don't know <laughs> <laughs> got it uh yeah um switching gears kind of from that 
Did you guys check out the latest episode with uh, with Nick Gage? I know, Ducky, you had to have seen this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen this one yet. Oh, okay. Oh, but you guys can talk about it. I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, what about you, dude? What, uh, what was going through your mind with this one? Well, I knew about some of the stuff already from following Gage's career. Right. Uh, when he died with that injury at Tournament of Death 8, I didn't know he was dead for seven minutes. Mm-hmm. He died for a few minutes, but I didn't know it was seven minutes. Seven. That's just a miracle, okay? Yeah, that... the fact that then, like, I imagine he must have like some sort of permanent brain damage for not having oxygen for seven minutes. Like, probably yeah. like. That would actually explain a lot. Yeah. (laughs) A week later, he wrestled a match. Uh, Okay, so yeah, he does have... Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wow. He showed up at the CZW event the next weekend and like demanded a match, and they were like, you died last week, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. All right. Doing right. And the injury that he sustained, okay, like, I... I've made the mistake of watching all your crazy deathmatch shit with you, and I've seen some pretty ribald stuff. Okay. Okay, the bump that he took and all that, it didn't look... It looked like it was actually one of the more tamer things I've seen. It's but just he caught... When he hit the ropes, he, instead of going through them, he got caught, and he went straight down on a broken tube, mm-hmm. and that's what... Like all the arteries in his armpit. Yeah, it's just it was brutal, and he, and he wanted to go out. I'm gonna go out there, and I'm gonna do one more stop. Well, I'm gonna do take take one more bump. No, you're not, dude. You're going to the fucking hospital now. Yeah, you know, and like hell, like for the quick like split second, he lifts his arm up to look. The blood's like black coming out of him because that's how deep it. Went. Oh my yeah. God. No, no, that's that's absolutely brutal. Like I, like I knew this guy kind of had a checkered story and all that, but I really didn't, you know, think just how far back it went. Like with his, with his, with his family and his brother, and I kind of forgot, you know, about the uh, the bank robbery and all that. Which, which that is just kind of a testament and just how little. These death, these crazy deathmatch guys are paid for what they do. Like if he's like a couple hundred bucks a match, yeah, which is nothing. That's it really really isn't. You know, like I, I spend that on record some week. You know what I mean? Like it's just. (laughs) It was supposed to be, uh, that special, uh, show up in that. AEW Battle Royal, but he was injured, so it was Matt Seidel. It was supposed to be Gage. Ah, okay. Do you think like this this Gage guy would have okay, like if if he said, okay, you know what, I'm done with the deathmatch shit, and I just wanna I I want to have a run, you know, as just as just just a wrestler and do the odd deathmatch for a which the way these matches should be, which is an angle blow off. You know, it's not supposed to be something to do Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you think, does Gage have the work right and the character, like, to make it in 
AEW or Impact? I could see it, yeah. Well, because he's like, with his pain threshold, I can see him being booked that way. Right, right. Do you think, okay, because like Impact and AEW, they're they're not going to do a death match every, every week for the guy. No. But, you know. Could, could he transition the way that John Moxley has? Yeah. Right, right. He could. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, one, getting way better money. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know Moxley went that deep into yeah. the death match shit. I thought, okay, he's an indie wrestler that every once in a while, you know, did something like this. But I didn't know he did those crazy tournaments and all that. No, no, he's he's a Moxley's a death match legend. Wow. So when they eventually have Mox and Gage for the GCW title, we're getting together for that. Is that's gonna be good? Yeah, I would, I would watch that. Kill him, and then Renee's gonna kill him. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Well, I mean, obviously, like the two most brutal matches he still has to have. He still has to have a match with uh, Gage, a uh, death right. match. Yeah, and now he uses thing as his theme, I which really, is he does. Yeah, theme. I really hope that's not permanent. So he's got to have an exploding. Barbed wire with Onita. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I think that was just a one-time thing that he used while. Because Onita, Onita was like a, a long-time rival of... I can't remember the name of the guy uh, Moxley faced on Dynamite. Do you know uh, Ducky? Oh, um... Yuji Nagata? Yeah, you should. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and but he's three days older than Dirt too, though. Like, yeah, Nagata, yeah, Nagata and Onita are apparently longtime rivals. So, they, I think that's why Moxley used Onita's music for that. For that, and I, I kind of hope that was a one-time thing because I like, I really like John Moxley's music, like the unscripted violence. I think it's called. Wild it's thing. Whole, this, yeah, Moxley's using Wild Thing. I was like, wait a minute, this could yeah. be leading to something. Yeah, but. I don't know. The song just if, if it does lead to him and Onita, Mox should just go to Japan and they should have that match fucking proper. Yeah. We don't need a sparkler bullshit again. I was going to say, yeah, okay. If, <laughs> okay was don't, no, don't let AEW put any more of this shit on. That was nobody's okay. no. Okay. That was a technical <laughs> thing that happened. <laughs> Yeah, but that's okay. We'll just blame Cody anyways. Yeah. Well, it's easy to Cody. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the things that really, like, I knew David Arquette, okay, and hopefully everyone, we're not really re recapping the episode, so hopefully everyone has kind of caught this by now, but I knew David Arquette was kind of making a quasi-comeback, and he was doing some of these matches but i never i didn't know that he actually signed on to a death match against nick gage i just thought he was just doing like an ecw tile rough and tumble you know <laughs> well they've had a death style match. sorry they've had a few death matches before right Right, but see, I this this was something you know that I learned you know about while while watching this, and I have to admit I actually yelled at my computer screen watching this like, 
when I found out just how fucking Bush League gauge working with Arquette was. Okay, mm. and, and Arquette's not the wrestler, the real wrestler, quote unquote. You know, if if anyone was gonna fuck this up, you would think it would have been Arquette and not, you know, the veteran mm-hmm. and, and all that. Like it really kind of gnawed at me when Gage and Arquette they sat down and they kind of planned out the match. He said, Look, I'm I'm an actor, don't be don't be cutting up my face or whatever, which that's fair ball, okay? You know, like if I was to get into the ring as a special guest at a local show, you know, Snowy from Radioactive Metal here and all that, don't cut my throat. I have to talk on the show the next day, okay? <laughs> you know, so I would, I can uh, totally understand what our cat is saying. And then for Nick Gates, just as soon as possible, okay, to actually you know, swerve them like that is just, oh, you got to be kidding me. This is the biggest thing that could have happened, you know, in Nick, Nick Gage's career. And it's fucking, he's fucking himself that, that way. And to Arquette's credit, okay, he, he was visibly upset and he started to fight back a bit, started pushing him back saying, you know, like, dude, what the fuck? But then he thought better of it, knowing that in a shoot fight, Gage was going to destroy him. <laughs> yeah, Gage would have fucked him. <laughs> he would have fucked him up big time. So Arquette persevered, got through the match, and then fucked off. And that was the right thing to do. And, and he said, uh, I haven't spoken. Thing. Arquette Sorry? talked. They had him and Gage hadn't talked since then. And for Arquette's... Um, documentary that like wrestling with our kid or something um which is on you can buy for 10 bucks which i'm thinking about doing because i want to see it yeah was trying to pay gage for his footage and gage was like no gage wanted like money or something for it and our cat was like no 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 i'll send you a mattress a mattress yeah our cat paid for footage from that match for Nick Gage, he bought him a brand new, like, king-size bed mattress and just sent it to his house. Okay. Is is he trying to say, like, I guess he's trying to say, like, dude, oh. you don't even have a, <laughs> you don't even have a proper bed. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll okay. see if I can find it. I'll... Uh, okay. Oh, God. Okay. That Jim Cornette on the Nick Gage episode of Dark Side of the Ring is 15 minutes. It's like, Cornette, you're going to say the same shit you do every episode. Fucking calm down. Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I listen. I've been listening. Like, I listen to every, every episode, like, of, of, of his podcast every, every week. And he's, he's already saying, you know, I'm not even watching the Nick Gage episode. This guy's not a wrestler. This is all bullshit. This is blah, blah, blah. And all this, it kind of has inspired and me. Anyway. And then he watched it anyway. Well, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because his Brian Last, his his partner, actually watched the Gage episode, and they did get into it. They engaged in it, mm. shall we say? Uh-huh. And this this just gives me the idea of an upcoming creature feature creature. Sorry, an upcoming um, turn turnbuckle talk where we can just wait, talk wait. about. Does that count as a fuck up? Does that mean he owes us? Uh, 
Um, I, I'm at the point where I'm just going to buy a case of beer and bring it to your place and just okay. say, just, 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 just go nuts, guys. We'll, we'll, but, we'll settle on that one. Okay. okay. That works. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That works. <laughs> but I think like all the cornet isms and all that would make for a, uh, a great turn, great turnbuckle talk. Mm-hmm. And all that. So I, I have to give a lot of props to Arquette and all that. Like, you, yeah, the guy, uh, he went to WCW. He was, he was promoting his movie. He worked with what was given him, which was this really stupid fucking idea from a dumbass. You know, so, <laughs> you know, you know, but so, and he made the best of it for a guy that, you know, has no, did, didn't have a few years in the indies and wasn't, you know, trained as well as he probably should have been for being on national TV and all that. And he was very much against being world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They kind of touched upon that as well. And all that. I would be interested to, uh, like if our cat was to say, you know what, I I want to, I want to make another go of this. Give, give me a run. You know where where was where do you think Arquette would work best? Probably AEW, eh? Uh, AEW would get a lot of flack for that. Yeah. Well, he did. He was on Impact, I think. What one match? Oh, he was. Okay, I don't. I don't even remember that. Hmm. No, I don't either. But uh, no, I feel like if you went to AEW, a lot of people would just make comparisons to WCW again, like they tend to, and it was just. Uh, I kind of want AEW to stay away from the celebrity thing. For I want wrestling in general to stay away from the celebrity thing. Well, I, it, it's been a thing in WCW and WWF for ages, like dating back to like even before the first WrestleMania. So, right. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if if he's if he takes time off from. From acting, and I don't even know. I think he might be in the next Scream movie or. Or whatever with his ex, are you and still making those? <laughs> I think there's going to be like a scream five or six or whatever it's at. You know, okay. I don't know. I when they when whenever there's a new scream, like I'll I'll watch it. Then it kind of leaves my head. Uh, I watched Scream Four, and it just kind of felt like a parody of the other three. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Which which is really weird since Scream, the first one, is an homage to horror films, and now you're parodying the homage, and it's just. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. But I'm gonna well recommend the first Scream movie to everyone. It's it's an absolute classic, one of the ten top ten films of all time. Easy. Now, Scream Scream One actually did scare the hell out of me as a kid. It's <laughs> like I was only like nine, <laughs> ten years old when that movie movie came out. Oh, okay. Okay, I was a little bit older than that. I was yeah. <laughs> I was in my my adulthood and all that. So, uh, yeah. So, um. Thing. Quickly, sorry. What's that? What we what was just announced today? We should mention Kenny Omega versus Andrade at oh, Triple Mania. Yeah, August right, right. Which I would be really excited about that if I really had more uh, exposure to Andrade. I don't really. I haven't really seen very much of him. You know, like yeah. last last Triple Mania, he defended against Laredo Kid, which. I was familiar with him, and it was one hell of a match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what, Andrade 
I, I'm not familiar with any of his uh, Mexican territory stuff, but uh, his NXT stuff was really good. I thought. Mm-hmm. And that's is that Charlotte or Tessa Blanchard's boyfriend? Charlotte. Oh, okay. Yeah, like his matches against like Johnny Gargano or Aleister Black or even Drew McIntyre. He beat Drew McIntyre to, for the NXT title. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, any feud, of those- but his feud with Rey Mysterio was really good. Oh, yeah. On the main, that was like his only really big main roster thing. Well, I guess mm-hmm. during, the, during the Performance Center era, his faction that he had with uh, Zelina Vega and uh, Angel Garza was kind of like a, a bit of a main event thing, but that's only because at the time they were limited on roster members who were there. But... I'm glad they gave him a little bit of a push. He he held the U.S. title what a couple times, even though neither Reign was really all that memorable. Yeah, right. But, right. Yeah, never, nevertheless, his best WWE stuff definitely would have been with NXT, as it, as it is with most as most, with most people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because they come up and then the hell are you? Yeah, yeah. who are you? Yeah, okay. Then then they just sick the TV writers on them. Yeah, and before you know it, there's zombies in the ring, and there's there's and uh, dream there's dream sequences, and like, yeah, oh, fuck. they lose their last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. But yeah, in, in NXT, he was Andrade Cien Almas, but then Vince thought, oh, it's too long; people won't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. Okay, is it true that Zelina Vega is coming back? That's the rumor. Uh, apparently, she was spotted at the performance center, but who knows? That that may just be her there to uh, support her garbage bag. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, she would have gotten that a long time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, well, so like she still is married to Alistair Black, so maybe she was there like with him. Ah, okay. No, yeah. But uh, oh, yeah, like, hang out. People were like, "Oh no." <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't think uh, I don't think Vince hangs out at the Performance Center, so I think yeah. Triple H has been a lot more no. cool. I, I I don't think he could find the Performance Center on his own. Yeah, the, yeah, he has to be driven there in a limo with tinted windows, and he doesn't pay attention on how to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, see, and here, kiddies, when when you're older, work out, get in shape, become a pro wrestler, and uh, you know you might end up with a girl like Selena Vega. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, like I don't think that girl's like been within a fifty mile radius of the ugly stick, man. I tell you, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anything else from these dark, dark side episodes that's kind of picking your brains? No, but we've already talked about like three of the most insane wrestlers in the history of wrestling thus far on this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 New Jack Pillman and, and, uh, <laughs> and Gage here. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which I guess kind of will transition us into our turnbuckle talk this week, talking everything, Brian Pillman, the good, the bad and never ugly. He was a handsome gentleman. For sure, in every every you know every um, incarnation of him. Um, when did you guys first the hows, whens, whys, wherefores discovering Brian Pillman? WWF. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Was, yeah. 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 In what in what capacity? What was going on? 
I don't really remember, to yeah, be honest. Was, I guess he would have been like a wee baby at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. The first time I discovered who Brian Pillman was, like, keeping in mind, as I've stated on previous episodes, I didn't start watching wrestling until 1998. Okay. Uh, the era was in full swing. So by this time... Uh, Vince had already swept all the Pillman stuff way under the rug and not mentioned it ever again <laughs> until on WWE programming. So it just happened one year or that year. I was getting big into wrestling. My parents knew I was big into wrestling. So for Christmas, they bought me a couple of wrestling action figures. Now, uh. they didn't know what to buy me because they didn't know like who the fuck was who. Like Obviously, like I would have preferred like Stone Cold or The Rock or The Undertaker toys or some someone like that. I did not get those. <laughs> I did not get any of those guys. I got okay. I got a toy of Jeff Jarrett. Not like not even don't piss me off, Jeff Jarrett with his short haircut. I'm talking like with those weird like suspender things that went all up his oh, like, fucking well, country. I actually think I still have that figure somewhere. Yeah, like I'm talking like J E double F J A double R E double T. That uh, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> country, country music hillbilly Jeff. Yep. Yep. Which was Road Dog the lyric. <laughs> yeah, Road, Road Dog sang all, all the songs, yeah. They they milly vanillied that one. Oh. <laughs> nah, nah, there's there's a nice mention there. Yeah. But uh yeah, then the other uh toy that they got me was Brian Pillman, the loose cannon. So I, I right. didn't know who either of those, like I knew who Jeff Jarrett was, but the look was very uh, obscure to me because I didn't know. I knew Jeff Jarrett as the, like being accompanied by Deborah smashing guitars over people's heads saying, Hey, don't piss me off that, that Jeff Jarrett. Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, but Brian Pillman, I had no idea who this guy was. And like, <laughs> like I looked, I looked at the toy and I was just like, well, he kind of looks like Diamond Dallas Page. I can pretend it's Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, twelve-year-old brain <laughs> trying to uh-huh. trying to with my imagination trying to compensate. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like a figure of uh, of uh, Brian Pillman. The tights had that uh, cross that he had on the back of his vest on the sides, and it was only not until very much later that I discovered who he was and like what he was all about. And I was very very surprising. I don't know if my my twelve year old brain would have been able to handle that back then. But uh, yeah, that was my first introduction to Brian Pillman. <laughs> that's fantastic, man. That's that that's awesome. Like to be honest, I was never you know a wrestling figure guy and all that. But I know by 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 the time figures came, like like when I was a teenager, early teens. The only figures I really knew was like like a handful of AWA um, mm-hmm. figures, which you know it was like Baron von Raschke, Rich Rick Martel, the Road Warriors. You know, like there was very few. Oh, okay. Now, fast fast forward a couple of years, if figures became a thing, okay, and I was given the option: Do you want Rock, Austin, Undertaker? Or Brian Pillman, I was just, I was that fan, okay, that I just, I would have pushed the other three away and said, this one, <laughs> I'll take the Pillman one, 
and all that, just from being a fan of the territories in WCW mm-hmm. and all that. So I totally would have been opposite. It's just too bad I didn't know you when you were younger. I could have introduced you, you guys, to like a a whole new world of of pro wrestling a lot sooner. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's. Or just for the record, yes, I still was playing with toys when I was 12 years old. I hadn't yet moved past that. <laughs> you know what? Uh, okay, I I know guys here here on the network. They might not play them, they play collect them, but they collect them. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> big, big shout out to the guys at the Shining Wizards podcast. Shut the fuck you know? up. <laughs> What's that? I said you could shut the fuck up. I have a bunch. Well, yeah, no. but you're you're you you collect them. I get that, like. It's it's totally, actually creating, it's totally something. I, I was like creating scenarios in my imagination with these figurines. Yep. <laughs> I just okay. Did did they have any like Elizabeth figures or something like when I would have been yeah, a teen? Yeah, because there was old. I remember there was an old WCW playset, and it came with Macho Man and Elizabeth. Okay. Okay. And because where and I don't know where the fuck it is. Uh, I, I would hate to think what teenage Snowy, what kind of match, quote unquote, he would have booked with like with Missy Hyatt and like six guys. Okay, I, I don't know what <laughs> playing with figures. I hate to think what I would have come up with. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No figures just kind kind of were my thing, but I would have been. I would have been all all over a Pillman doll for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially, I wish I knew her at once. Like, probably. Got oh sold. yeah. Oh. Probably got sold in a garage sale many years ago. Oh, at okay. the time, I probably didn't care, but yeah. Now, now I'm sure you want it back. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. What would you guys be? Okay, I don't know what is available as at. As a figure and all that, but now quasi adult Matt and quasi adult Dustin. Okay, I say that very loosely and quasi adult Snowy here. Okay, what would you guys want in an a- action figure today? What would be your ideal action figure? Oh. I want the AW. I don't give a shit. You do? Okay. I, I want the Omega and I want the Jericho. That's all I need. I'm good. That's all you need, just the Winnipeg guys. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that that would actually be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Winnipeg, and and not to be a perv here, although I was making the bad jokes. Speak. Speaking of Winnipeg, I would like a Rosemary doll. Okay. And I would just put her on the shelf, like with all of my music stuff and all that. All that speaking because she's. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay, but yeah, she's. A legit wrestler and all that. There's a big I difference. There's, 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 there's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, hasn't there been like uh like parts of Impact where she like has hordes of like undead minions or something? Or was that no, some? They, they've done some shit on Impact that I'm just trust me. If we were if if okay, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm a fair balanced guy. If we had this show going with some of the shit that Impact did. Okay, like I'm not one of those biased fans that. Okay, if the WWF does something stupid and then turn turn my head when Impact or AEW does something stupid, no, no, I'll 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 call everyone's ass out. 
No, fair enough. Yeah. Ethan Page ripped his fucking heart out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One yeah. impact. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then it's like, well, also AEW have a zombie type character too. Oh yeah, Abaddon. I never saw her as a zombie though. She was just this weird chick, like like Rosemary or whatever. But uh, it's all about perception, I suppose. Right, right, right. And I'm also as a fan of, you know, the very first band that got me into heavy music was a band called Venom, which I know you guys know mm-hmm. who that is. The drummer from Venom was a guy named Abaddon. Oh really? Okay. That was yeah, yeah. So the first time I saw Abaddon on AEW, I just saw that name and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, which it's a obviously Abaddon was obviously some sort of weird demon or whatever. So it's a it's a public domain name. Yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Venom. I mean, we they were Ab- Abaddon, Mantis, and Kronos. If AEW needs any more demon names. There, right there. Um, <laughs> I discovered Pillman. This isn't going to surprise you guys. I discovered Pillman in his rookie year in Stampede Wrestling. Oh, of course. Got in, in <laughs> yeah. Calgary. Yeah. It was the same. He had the same. His same year he started with Owen Hart and Chris Benoit. Okay. Okay, and you knew, okay, just from these three, like these three were going to be something. If this is them in their rookie year, okay, because Pillman back then cut an amazing promo for a rook. Okay. Yeah. You know, Owen had potential on on the mic, and Benoit, not so much, but the guy killed it in the ring. Like, it was absolutely amazing. All three of these guys, you knew were going to be something special. It's heartbreaking. Okay. All All three of these guys are gone. Okay. And it's just like, okay, I can understand why Pillman is gone. Okay, it's just like Ben Benoit. Okay, like this—that's absolutely tragic. There is no way that Owen should be gone. None, none. Not going to get off on that side tangent because I'll do nothing but yell and curse Vince out. You know, all all episode. And again, he give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right right now, I'm sure Vince is like Owen. Owen who? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit later on. Um, okay, well, I'm sure by as his career progressed, you guys have seen his work in when he came in to uh, WCW. Yeah, was he From uh, was he flying Brian at that time? He was, was fly, He was yeah. He was flying Brian for a little for a little while. He would have fit nicely in. In modern day AEW with the flippy dippy stuff and well, that's why those kids there for that. So yeah, well yeah yeah, <laughs> uh huh. He would have fit in really nicely in AEW, but he really took off in WCW when um, one Steve Austin came <clears throat> to WCW from from the old world class territory. And they had Austin, they had Pillman. Hmm, what are we going to do with these guys? Well, let's 
Let's make him a team. Yeah. Plus, the Hollywood Blondes were And blonde. Austin, at first, Austin hated the idea. Right. Because he, yeah. he, he was a singles guy, and he, he in his mind, he thought, oh, when they stick two singles guys in a tag team, that means they got nothing else better for them, and they're just right. not doing this, but... They certainly now, made the best of it, Sorry? Sorry? It was like, no, that only happens in WWE. Yeah. 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 Nope. Wow. <laughs> no, no. They certainly made the best of it. The Hollywood Blondes, like, I was there for it and all that. And, like, I knew who these guys were from the territory days. And I said, okay, let's... Let's see what they see. See what they could do. They meshed so well together, and apparently, they became really good friends backstage and off screen and all that. Mm-hmm. And it, it really showed. It really showed. It just goes to show, like when two guys, you know, give their all together and all that, and look for the bigger picture. You know, that's that's what you end up with, and they were a fantastic tag team and okay like i already knew okay from what i saw in the stampede days that pillman was going to be a star right i had only seen austin in um in the after mags right know, i hadn't really seen i just i just knew here's this great young talent in uh in, in world class he's got the feud going with with chris adams and all that He's looks like he's he's going to be a star. When you, I finally saw Austin regularly on TV, you knew, okay, he's not the guy on the stick, okay, but his work rate, his work rate was fantastic. Mm. And it only got better when he joined the Dangerous Alliance, and you know, we're working with Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco, Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton. You know, Paulie Dangerously was his manager. You knew, like, this guy could be the next Ric Flair. You just didn't know that he was going to go to the WWF and become Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. <laughs> I never would have called that. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Like, looking at his earlier stuff and then looking at, like, uh, his Stone Cold era stuff, it's like two different people completely. It, it definitely was. It definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've said this on the show before. Like, Attitude Era Austin, all anyone saw was the was the uh the the stunners on everyone and the the glass breaking theme song and all of his all of a couple of keys. Sorry? I said a couple of these, crack a beer. Right, yeah. And the <laughs> beer and you know f- and, f- and flipping the bird and all that. Nobody gave the guys of work rate any notice, and he was fantastic. No, I agree. Yeah, and it goes back to his work in WCW. Yeah, it took getting a broken neck and reinvention of his character to make him the biggest wrestling superstar of all time, pretty much. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to admit, though, I wasn't big on the whole home invasion thing with austin like when he went to the wwf and like they like, like they had the whole loose the whole loose cannon thing you know and the whole i respect you booker man with kevin sullivan and all that and that's kind of exposing the business and i just i, I wasn't big on that well then there was like the 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 first instance of the loose cannon was when he went up behind bobby heenan 
and sort of like trying to rough him up on air. Yeah, and he's, he's like got live, uh, live, live on oh. air. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are we pissed off? Kevin Sullivan was like, "Okay, Booker Man" or something. Yeah, that was what we were. They had the the I the I quit match or the respect match. Yeah, and he he just walked off and saying, "I respect you, Booker Man." Yeah, and all that, and that's one of Pillman's highlights for all the wrong reasons. Well, like that's like what he kind of kind of like led to his downfall was that he kind of blurred the lines between kayfabe and reality, and right, nobody knew like is he. Is this what he's like, or is he still? Is he just in character all the time? Like, what is like? What is this guy? <laughs> so he was definitely a trailblazer in that way, and now, like, even like Eric Bischoff is like, well, what you got to do in order for me to give you more money, you have to go somewhere else, and and then come back, and I can pay you more and all that. So now Bischoff, who I have a lot of respect for, like I've been a Bischoff fan since his first year in the AWA. That was one okay. of the first things he ever fucking did. <laughs> yeah, he really dropped the ball with Pillman. And yeah, like, well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let this guy go so he can go to another company. And, yeah, 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 and then come back oh. and all that. And I just I don't buy that. I love you, Eric, but I don't buy that. Sorry. Well, like everybody, everybody else in those interviews was like, yeah, like it's like Brian Pillman made Eric Bischoff think that it was his idea, and he completely fucked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, with the whole loose loose cannon thing, the only the only time I really dug Pillman in the WWF was when he was working with the Heart Foundation. Right. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. You you, you had yeah. Bret Hart, you had Owen, Davey Boy Smith, David, yeah. um, Anvil Neidhart. Yeah. Okay. And the fifth member was Brian Pillman. The yeah. only non, non-heart, okay, that's either blood or marriage. Mm-hmm. But being that Stampede fan... He was a member, he was tag team champions with Bruce Hart, Bad Company. Mm-hmm. There was two tag teams called Bad Company at the time. One of the AWA world champions, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka in the AWA. And then in Stampede, you had Bad Company, Bruce Hart and Brian Pillman. You know, like, so Pillman had strong connections to Stampede, to Hart, to the Hart Foundation and all that. He was so, a great the dungeon too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. For sure. So he had that strong connection. So when, you know, he was the loose cannon of the Heart Foundation, you know, like I, I took, I was, I, I took Brett's side in the, in the, the Austin feud. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was when, because I, I, as much as I bash the WWF, I've actually been watching it and following it since WrestleMania. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the time I enjoyed, you know, the WWF the most was when Bret Hart was champion and the Hart Foundation was a thing. They were, they were heroes in Canada, but hated in the U.S. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, and having Pillman 
knowing he was from Stampede, knowing, you know, he was so strongly connected. It's like, this is magic. This is awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I enjoyed, you know, Pillman the most, you know, in, in uh, well, I guess the major leagues. Although just in, yeah, okay. Like Stampede was a territory, but in terms of talent, uh, oh God. That was it. Was the major leagues in terms of talent and ideas and matches and work rate and all that? Stampede, you know, throughout the eighties was just was magic. You guys definitely got to go back and check some of that stuff out. The home invasion angle, yeah, that was ah, this when he pulled the gun out. Yeah, that was uh, oh, oh, oh. The, the, only, the only thing that Vince McMahon ever apologized for in his life, I think. Yeah, <laughs> where he came out and it's just like, oh. And he said, yeah, we drew, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, we we crossed the line, we apologize. <laughs> and all that. It's just like, to see a gun in pro wrestling. Like, like chairs are one thing, even... Even Ducky's um, exploding ring barbed wire <laughs> bullshit and all that. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm attributing all this to you. I know <laughs> this is your thing and all that. Uh-huh. But the, the yeah, <laughs> what? When that fucking gun came out, I'm like, oh my god. Okay, well, that was I just understand. trying to create riveting television. Ah, but it, it does nothing for pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, like this is this is just you're you're trying to make you know main mainstream TV and all that. Mm, and yeah, well, that's it. You got you got to remember you got to remember that Vince McMahon isn't in the wrestling business. He's in the entertainment. He's business. in the entertainment business. Yeah. Well, then maybe he should have instead of taking Federation out of the name, he should have took wrestling out of the name. Yeah. Back then, the uh, World Federation uh, Entertainment. Uh, well, well, okay, you God. guys were the WFE. <laughs> well, it, you guys it would definitely be the colossal tussle if it was the WFE. Later on, to be like say that WFE stands for what fucking entertainment? Yeah, yeah. Um. So you guys would be old enough to remember the home invasion. Uh, yeah, well, that was like just before uh, when I started watching. So oh, okay, but no, I, I do remember hearing all about it, like throughout the years, about the gun incident where Brian Pillman pulled a gun on Stone Cold Steve Austin, and how it cut the static immediately after. Right. To create the cliffhanger to tune in next week. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. No doubt. You're getting the robotic thing on your voice. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 And I really thought it was really bad taste. Okay. Bringing Melanie out and asking, you know, talk talking about him, you know, after he died. Like the day that he died. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? And why? Okay, who who thinks to do that other than Vince? Uh, uh, okay, let's let like 
let's throw the camera out in front of the crying bride. You know, and why on earth, unless they said, we're going to give you a ton of money, which I heard that the WWF said, we're going to pay Melanie, you know, for the rest of the year of his contract, which horns up for that, I guess. Yeah, you know, she's, still, which, she's still collecting checks from uh, like anything related to Melman's name. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I guess, I guess that's good. But to just to have, you know, like, who who thinks of that? <laughs> you know, and why Vince, would she? Why would she agree to that? Vince doesn't think the way that a normal human being thinks. You got to remember that. Like, right. I'm pretty sure when Eddie Guerrero first died, the first thing that Vince McMahon thought was, "How can I make money with this?" Oh, right. yeah. 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 Okay. So you're still a robot. Yeah, you're still a robot. Well, I'm sorry, I can't help that. <laughs> that's, that's the technical issues of Skype. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know what? Then this. Hold on, I want to try something. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Then maybe, I don't know, if we're having some technical difficulties, I can't wait. To get down into the mat cave and um, and, <laughs> and do this properly in the studio, um, then maybe we should kind of wrap wrap it up here. Ducky, do you have any things that you would like to uh, mention with the whole Brian Pillman thing? Uh, I'll watch part two tomorrow after work. Well, see that you do. <laughs> yes. Because since I've been getting up at 5.30 again every day for work, I'm going to be asleep in the next 15 minutes. As soon as we end the podcast, I'm just going to like turn over and like, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But I will, I'm going to assign you guys some homework. Go on to the YouTube, you homework. know, check, check, check out... Yeah. Hmm. Check out some Pillman era stampede wrestling. Okay. Because okay. there's okay, you're coming back in now. Good. Okay. Because good. yeah, oh, there's he's a robot again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're up at some point. Because like there's a lot of good stuff, and you will see, okay, okay, I can see the talent. Like the, that, this guy's going to have, and it, it's not just Pillman. Like I said, it's 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 Owen Hart, it's it's Ben Watts, the great Gamma who we saw recently on uh, on Impact as well. When he was younger, he was an amazing heel, and all. They just had this fantastic roster that kicked off my Saturday night just right. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Uh, well, if you can understand what I'm saying. Oh, uh, yeah, people, you're finally in, yeah. Oh, I am? Okay, good. Okay, people can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Wrestling Night in Canada or on Instagram at Wrestling Night in Canada. Right on, right on. And Wrestling Night in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. You know, it's probably where you're checking us 
out there. If not, you're checking us out on it pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts, but make sure to go to the network, go to the network. There's all sorts of, it's a predominantly pro wrestling network with the shining wizards program itself and a whole myriad of other wrestling programs, but not only that, but pop culture and music, including if you haven't had enough of your cool uncle snowy, there's a really wicked heavy metal uh, podcast there called called uh, Radioactive Metal. I almost did it. I almost said <laughs> Wrestling Night in Canada. I thought you forgot the name of the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 it's like uh, I, I, just, I just had <laughs> had that split second where it's like I knew, okay, you know when you're in that situation where 500 things go through your head in that split second? Okay, yeah. we've yeah. all we've all been there when we had too much to drink on a Saturday night. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, everything goes through your head, but nothing comes out of your mouth. Like, That's like about a few months ago, when you're like, "Hello, everyone, and welcome to Radio App." Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're gonna want to go on the Shining Wizards Network and check out your cool Uncle Snowy on Radioactive Metal, our brother episode, and be sure. To go back and check out our um, pro wrestling episode where we spoke to uh, another none other than Nasty Ronnie from the old Flair, the old Florida territories, and of course the heavy metal band Nasty Savage, where I had these two handsome gentlemen on that show, where we had one hell of a good time as we well. <laughs> So I got to have you guys on again sometime in one way, shape, or form. Uh, I mean, sorry? No, it'll happen for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Murka. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>